Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What is up, Hacker Nation? This is Scott Hansen, high-performance coach, speaker, and of course, podcast creator and host of Success Hackers. I'm fired up today. I am so excited at the taping of this podcast. It's Friday. My wife has been out of town on business. I'm excited to see her pick her up from the airport tonight and uh, really excited for the weekend. And I hope you guys are too. If you are brand new to Success Hackers, welcome. We love the new Hacker Nation community listeners because it's all about helping you and empowering you to play bigger in your entrepreneurial business and journey. How do we do that? Well, we do that by getting inside the minds of some of the most incredibly talented and successful entrepreneurs and then having them share their expertise and success hacks with us. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to spread the word, share the story, share the actual content. It's because of you we are now downloaded in 65 countries over the last six months and just continuing to grow and impact so many people. So again, I say thank you for continuing to do that. If for whatever crazy reason you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do that today so you don't miss out on any episodes. If you haven't yet listened to the last show, make sure to check it out because Tina Dietz shared two key strategies on how you can ignite your business. And if you want to stay connected to the show, I made it super, super simple. All you have to do right now is take out your smartphone, just like you're going to text a friend and text the word success hackers, that's plural with an S, one word, success hackers, one word to this number, 44222, and that will keep you connected to the show. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. Today's guest is going to share with us how to be more effective across social media in your business. I hear from a lot of my clients that, you know what, they're not really sure how to be the most effective on social media and through their online marketing. So needless to say, I'm incredibly, incredibly excited and looking forward to having on the expert share with us her specific strategies and knowledge. Today, our featured guest is Steph Nissen. Steph, are you ready to rock? I am so ready. Let's do it. Yes. Steph Nissen is a social media marketing enthusiast who works with small to medium-sized businesses and startups to develop a comprehensive social media marketing strategy and integrated digital marketing plan. After leaving a full-time director of marketing position, she opened up the office of Nissan Media. She's been named one of the top 30 women in social media who are rocking it by Forbes. And she's been listed as one of the best content marketing experts to follow on Twitter. Steph, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about today. It's so me too. Up. Absolutely. So, Steph, I gave Hacker Nation just a brief description of who you are, but would love for you to share a little bit more about your business and who you serve. 
Yeah, sure. So, um, so it's basically a digital marketing agency. And like you said, I work with those small businesses, medium sized businesses, startups. I work with a lot of solopreneurs as well. Um, and we do everything from social media marketing and content marketing and blogging, web design and development, SEO, email marketing, pretty much that one stop shop for that smaller company's marketing needs instead of having to hire like six, seven different people or companies to help you get it all right. Um, I actually fell into all of this kind of by accident, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, I have a degree in web development. I'm a developer by education, and that's what I thought I was going to do with my life. <laughs> uh, and then I found uh, an internship for this uh, luxury real estate firm in Chicago, and they were looking for a web developer intern. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go do that so I can really get into this industry because this is what I want to do. And when I got there, the lead developer didn't even know that they had hired me uh, to come in and help him. <laughs> he didn't want me there yeah. at all. So they shuffled me over to their marketing department and handled me all their social media logins and goes, here, you're young. You know, I was 20, 21 years old. And they're like, here, you're young. You could figure this out. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> it was. Thankfully, I had a knack for it. So now I've from there just... I love it. I can't imagine my myself doing anything else. Well, let's get right into it because social media and online marketing, you know, really can be daunting to some business owners, solopreneurs, etc. What's the one thing that you see that business owners are doing wrong when it comes to online marketing and what's maybe one thing they're doing right? One of the biggest things I see companies doing wrong with social media, especially is they're trying to do it all. They're trying to be on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and LinkedIn and Periscope and then they're not doing any of them well. Mm. You stretch yourself so, so thin by trying to do it all and you don't do any of them well. That's the huge no-no. So it's really about defining who am I trying to reach with this? What do I have time <laughs> to do and which ones am I going to get the most bang for my buck, um, whether that's time or advertising or whatever you know, my investment is into this. So that's the big no-no I see all the time. Um, but the one thing I do see companies doing really well is that when they do get it, when they are on there, and I know that, you know, I know that Instagram is where I need to be. Let's say I'm a photographer. Um, once they get in there and realize that social media is social and they start getting active and start developing these relationships, that is so spectacular to see. I love that because it's more than just, I'm using this as a lead gen and I want to get, you know, I need X amount of inquiries and I need to book this many weddings because, you know, <laughs> of what I'm doing over here. They're developing relationships with people. And um, just to see that is so, so much fun because I know I have friends now that I made back when MySpace <laughs> was popular. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that was, I mean, that's eighth grade. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, if you really develop those relationships and use this, you know, I, everybody says that word authenticity, but if you use things authentically, you have, the return on investment is so worth it. So, I love it when companies get it. Well, let me take you down that rabbit hole just really quickly because I think it's very important because I know that I've spoken to other social media experts here on the show and they've shared the same sort of kind of philosophy, which is social media is just that. It's social. But then you have someone else that says, wait, time out. 
how much time do I need to be spending on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever my potential clients are hanging out? So, or Twitter or whatever it may be. So the question is, you know, if I'm as someone like myself and I'm a business coach, so probably Instagram for me isn't probably where I need to be hanging out, but maybe it's LinkedIn, maybe it's Twitter, maybe it's Facebook. What's one thing you would coach someone like myself or someone in another field that says, hey, how much time do I got to be doing this? And what does that thing mean to actually be social? Do I have to spend six hours a day answering tweets or, or putting out quotes? Or what does that really mean? No, you do not have to spend six hours a day. I mean, how would you have time for the rest of your business? Correct. So, <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. I'll spend you know, eight, 10 hours a day on social, but that's because that's what I do. Right. So many companies, but, um, if you're doing it by yourself, you want to block out some time, whether that's maybe an hour a day, if you can and schedule content, schedule your, you know, your couple of little sales messages using that 80% value, 20% sales rule, kind of rule of thumb, schedule out content for the week, let's say, and then try to post you know, if we're on Facebook, try to post once a day where it's live. It's that behind the scenes photo, that picture of you with your cup of coffee mm-hmm. or the one of your dog jumped up on your lap or, mm-hmm. um, or you and the guy in the office next to you are wearing the same shirt, you know, right, right. <laughs> something fun that's relatable, that it's not just about here's this content, here's my message, here, hire me. Mm. It's something that, you know, I can look at that and laugh and go, oh my gosh, I've done that too. And that's what I want. I want that something that I can look at and be like, oh, that's so me. Yeah, I like that because, at, you know, at the end of the day, we when we put on our business owner or entrepreneur hat and we're striving up our success mountain and we have eight, nine, ten hours a day or however many hours you do what you do, like you said, I mean, scheduling it is so important. And maybe it's an hour a day, maybe it's an hour and a half a day, but it's it's important, in my opinion, to be consistent. And then, like you said, to have sort of a consistent message, but also to be fun. So to let people know, to your point, that, yes, we realize that you're fill-in-the-blank. That's your title or this is the business you own. But let us know that you're also personable and human. Absolutely. I was on a Google Hangout um, with some colleagues last year, and my co-host had her dogs, you know, that were barking at her in the background. And I have a two-year-old daughter who, you know, kept coming over to say hi <laughs> to everybody. So, like, if this is nothing if not completely real. Right. So, but it was, we had so many comments back from people who were like, oh, my life is just like that. You know, it's so refreshing for people to see this is a real person. This is somebody's real life. This is not... I'm not pretending to be anything other than who I am. You obviously have a huge passion for online marketing. You shared that earlier. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why your clients hire you. But if you were to just kind of boil it down to two reasons why they hire you and what are their two biggest pain points that you solve, what would that be? I know, again, from from my coaching perspective, and if I take on someone as a, as a client that's really not acclimated to the online world as much as me or specifically you, it, it's an interesting sort of a uh, building the bridge from kind of old school, traditional brick and mortar to more of an online transition. But then again, their head starts to spin because they, they think they have to write a blog. They think they have to create videos. They think they have to be on Twitter. They think they have to create, 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 and create. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's just a matter of narrowing it down. So what is the maybe one pain point that you solve and that's why someone comes to you? 
My most of my clients, when they've come to me and said, I need you, <laughs> they do know that they need to be doing it. It's something usually that they've not done before. I see that I need to be on Facebook or everybody's talking about blogging or I keep hearing I need to make videos and I need to be on Twitter and I need to do this. So can you just tell me what do I need to do? Just break it down for me and tell me what's the right thing for me, my company, my industry. So most of my clients come to me with that pain point of, I need some direction. Mm. So, and I love that part, that kind of getting to know you phase of right. going, you know what? There are so many opportunities for this business. Let's, let's try this. And if they're excited about their business, then I can be excited about social media and we can pair it together and it's magic. Fantastic. Hacker Nation, Steph just dropped some awesome awesome <laughs> success strategies right off the bat. I mean, number one is don't try to be everywhere to everything, to every platform. That's the cause of failure. I've gone through it in my business and it really just spreads you way too thin. And at the end of the day, depending on what you do for your business, you know, again, if you're a coach, if you're a speaker, if you're a trainer, well, maybe Facebook or LinkedIn is where you want to be at. Like Steph said, if you're a photographer or maybe something that's you know a little bit more visual. Maybe you do want to be on a platform like either Twitter or Instagram. And then what she said was get really niche and really sort of hyper-focused on really being a master at just one of those or two of those platforms. Is that what you're saying, Steph? Absolutely. Narrow it down. Because at the end of the day, if you are on all those platforms, you do not have enough time to do all the other things you have to do to actually make your business run. Steph, we love our moments or our stories on Success Hackers. You worked as the director of marketing at a very large company prior to starting Nissan Media. What was the hardest transition going from salary, a little comfort, some benefits, to starting your own business? Do you actually remember that sort of light bulb moment when you built that bridge or you just jumped and built the wings on the way down, but you knew as you were coming down, it was like, all right, you know what? I think I can make this happen. Do you actually remember that one moment? Yeah. So mine would, it's going to have to be, I had just started really launched my business, which was September of 2014 when I said goodbye to my salary job and my, my office and said, I'm going to work from home and I'm going to start this business. And um, two months later, I went to a conference. Actually, I went to um, Social Boom, which is Kim Garst's conference. She was holding it in Tampa that year. I won my ticket hmm. like on Monday, and the conference started on Friday. So I was trying to figure out, how am I going to get there from Missouri? Um, but when I got there, and I was listening to these speakers, and I was sitting down at my table, and I was surrounded by these other small business owners who, they weren't in digital marketing like me. They had legitimately, uh, this is my small business, I sell this product, you know, whether it was candles or, you know, guest books or whatever they were selling. And then it was them looking at me going, what did they say? Hmm. Wait. They didn't, couldn't understand this industry speak. So I spent most of that conference, you know, messaging on Facebook Messenger with these people at my table back and forth when they'd go, what did he say? <laughs> Wait, what? And so then I would explain it to them <laughs> a little bit further. And then you'd get, you know, they'd have their light bulb moment and go, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I could do that. That makes sense. And I was like, you know what? This is, I'm in the right spot. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
this is where I need to be. So actually two of those business owners then hired me within the next month. Mm. Um, and then some of the speakers that I met there, I write for two of their blogs now. Wow. So it was just right place, right time. And just being open. So yeah. And, but, and, and being open, but you know, again, we, you know, we, we talk a lot on the show about taking that leap, making, you know, whether it's you're already in business and you want to sort of 3X or 5X or 10X your results and you have to grow as a person, you have to grow into those those sort of new habits and new strategies. If you want to, you know, stay uh, stay where you're at, well, you're not going to need to grow. But if you really want to grow and kind of expand, you're going to have to do so with the right mindset, the right training, some of the right skill sets. For you to do that, for you to make that leap, I'm sure it wasn't easy. But to your point, once you were around the people that you were ultimately going to serve, you just knew that you could speak their language better than they could about their own business. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Steph, I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at failure maybe a little bit differently than most people. They use failure as feedback and course correction. Someone on the show actually said, man, you got to fail forward fast and fail fast and fail fast. Do you remember the time maybe where you failed, whether it was in your corporate world or in your, you know, your, in your business? But rather than turning around and going back to your old life, you actually kept pushing forward. And it was because of that one moment in time that that's what catapulted you to the level that you're at now. Um, I don't know if it was one moment, but it was in the very, very beginning. When I you know, started my business, I was so scared of that the financial pressure that I needed to be able to pay for, you know, all of my, all the different software I was using and all my expenses. And I wanted to turn a profit and, you know, all this fear was building up. So I was saying yes to everyone for new clients, whether I was a really a good fit for them or not. It was, I need that income. I'm going to say, yes, I, I have to have you. And so then I become so dependent on them that it was, it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, and then I fell into this trap of thinking that everyone was my client. <laughs> I mm. never defined who I really wanted to work with. Um, and then it became more time trying to get to know this person's industry and, you know, trying to manage all these different personalities. And it became, I was losing money at that point because I was spending way too much time on these clients mm. that I just didn't understand their industry was too much. This conversation right here is so important for all business owners, you know, to really get hyper-focused and niche on who you serve. And you don't need to serve everybody because like you said, you spin your wheels trying to do it all. You really want to get hyper-focused. So what was the turning point or the aha moment for you when you said, you know what, I can't serve everybody. It's too exhausting. How did you actually narrow it down to the actual person or the client that you serve now? Uh, it actually came about when one of those clients from the beginning who I said yes to um, fired me when they turned around and said, you know, I don't want to continue my contract with you. I just, you know, I don't think you're right for us. And you know, they were very nice and everything, which was, you know, the thank you for being gentle with me, you know, <laughs> but but it was heartbreaking for me. It just I can't believe this. I failed. And it wasn't that I had to give a refund or that they weren't happy with my, you know, the general work, but it was, I wasn't getting them what, ne what they needed. And it was, oh, it hurt so much. But then I realized, you know what, 
I didn't even enjoy working on this project. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> so, and it made me sit down and go, okay, these are the clients that I have. Which ones are actually bring me joy, you know, when I'm sitting down and working on them and which ones are not, you know, and started to look at the comparisons, you know, what industries were these, you know, what was that, the client that I worked with, what did they look like? How old were they? You know, how long have they been in business? So I started kind of defining my niche based on, clients I already had that I was enjoying. Yeah, I love that. And, and listen, Hacker Nation, you know, if you're brand new in your business, like Steph alluded to, and I can certainly back what she set up, is in the beginning, you're going to want to take on everybody because you need to eat, you need to put food on the table, you need to, you know, you need to live, right? So you need to pay rent and all those things. So in the beginning, you're just sort of, you got this huge, huge net and you're looking to cast as much as you possibly can so you can get as many clients. But then, as you get a little bit more seasoned, Michael Port talks about the red velvet rope policy, which basically is who is it that I will let into my circle into as my client? Because these are the type of people that I frankly, I like to work with. And as you grow in your business, you have that sort of that skill, that knowledge, that confidence to be able to do that. But in the beginning, it's not as easy because again, you need to eat, you need to make some money in your new business. Steph, as mentioned earlier, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to really help grow their business. If you were sitting across the table with one of your social media client prospects, you talked about sort of these platforms in which they should be choosing and being hyper-focused and niche. But if it's not just, okay, I know i got to be on LinkedIn and I pr probably should be writing an article once or twice a week and really giving, giving, giving. But if you take it sort of one step deeper to say, what's maybe one or two things that a small business owner can do to be more effective in their online marketing, what might that be? One of those things, um, I am a huge fan of lists. Hmm. Um, so it's write it down. What do I need to do in that, you know, we talked about earlier, blocking out that hour, hour and a half every day. Don't just block out the hour and say, I'm going to do social media for an hour. Block it out and then write yourself a list of, okay, here are the things I need to do. If I'm going to be doing, if my focus is LinkedIn, all right, I need to, you know, go through that stack of business cards that I collected from that event I went to last night. I need to send connection requests and I need to personalize each connection request. I need to send a message to people that I connected with in the last week. I need to post a status update and I need to publish to LinkedIn Pulse. So make a list so that you can stay on top of it, you know, and consistent. That's the huge thing is I see people who get so gung ho and I'm, I'm ready. Let's do this. But then they do great one day and then they're like, oh, I don't really need to do it today. And then it becomes two weeks or a month or six months later mm. before they ever get back to it. So give yourself a little checklist. I get all the satisfaction in the world checking off that box and going, yep, did that. Yes, did that. Yes, did this piece. No matter what that platform is, and that's something I do with all my clients, is we go, okay, here's what we're doing. This is our, our growth strategy. This is our lead gen strategy for this particular network, and this is what has to be done every single week. So when these tasks are done, then our week is done. So as an example, you talked just just right now about a lead gen. What's one example? I know that this this is sort of a loaded question, but if someone were 
to be focused on LinkedIn, and I keep going back to LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn, it could be any platform. And what's maybe one lead gen strategy that someone could come up with who either owns a professional services business, maybe they're specifically online, maybe they have an online, offline sort of combination of business. What's maybe one lead gen strategy that you can talk about, again, by using LinkedIn. So once they've accepted that connection request, you know, a lot of people will send a message right after that, say, hey, it was great to meet you at such and such, you know, love talking to you about X, Y, Z. And, you know, let's meet for coffee or, you know, hey, let's try to set up a time to chat about, you know, your maybe your social media. Um, If you don't get a response, that doesn't mean you stop. (laughs) So it's you give them some time and then maybe in a couple weeks, you then follow up and go, hey, I came across this article and I thought of you. I thought it might be helpful. So you send them another message and everything. There's just something, a give. And then, you know, whether you get a response or not, a couple weeks later, you do it again and go, hey, I'm going to this event. You know, and it reminded me of the event where we met. How, are you thinking about attending this one or have you heard of it? So it's about that give and something as simple as putting their name in an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, a Google sheet and keeping track of these are the people that I'm following up with because I know in my head, in my heart, whatever it is, that this is the right person for me. Mm. So if you really want to follow up, so have that system. I know I'm going to send personal connection requests and then a follow up message once they accept. And then I'm going to try two to three more times after that, you know, whether they respond or not with a give here's something i found this and thought of you and then you know if they never respond okay it's out it's all right to let that one go (laughs) we don't want to be harassing anybody but stalker right (laughs) don't want to stalk people i promise but you do want to be top of mind they're not always going to see your status updates on linkedin right and they may not open an email from you right but a linkedin message you have actually a higher chance of it actually being seen by that person. Because mm. how many LinkedIn messages do you get every day? Yeah, just a few. Not too many compared to the 50,000 emails. emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. What a great piece of advice. Great strategy, great success hack. Thank you for sharing that. Steph, we are now going to enter the randomness round. But before we do, let's take a quick moment and hear from our sponsor. One of the most evident components of successful people is they have a system of daily inspiration. This is why we here at Success Hackers have partnered with our friends at InspiredDing.com, where every day an inspirational text message comes straight to your phone. Look, we know that negativity comes to you free and unsolicited. Don't you think it's time to invest in some daily inspiration? We've made this super easy for you to get your daily inspirational text, and all you have to do is text the word Hansen, that's my last name, H-A-N-S-E-N, to 96000 on your smartphone, and you are in. Again, take out your smartphone, just like you're going to text a friend, and text the word Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, to 96000 to get your daily ding of inspiration. I've personally used this, and it really is incredibly simple. Every single day, I get a daily inspirational text. That really sets the tone for the rest of the day. And it's free for your first 30-day trial because you are part of our Hacker Nation community. And then I think as an aside, it goes up to like $1.99 or $2.99 a month. It's nothing to get your daily inspirational texts. Again, 
Text the word Hanson to 96000 and you will get a daily inspirational message sent right to your phone. We know here at Success Hackers that a ding a day inspires the negativity away. Okay, Steph, we are now going to enter the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the Success Hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Steph, are you ready for the randomness round? Let's do it. Best advice you've ever received? There's no one stopping you but you from my dad. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Get up from my laptop and go spend some time with my daughter, whether we're playing trains or we're putting stickers all over the walls. <laughs> I got to spend some time with my girl. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 18 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 18-year-old self? 18, I was going off to University of Arizona in Tucson, um, and I had zero direction. I would go, <laughs> had, I was an undecided major, and I left after the first year. Uh, I would love to go back and smack myself over the head <laughs> and tell myself to get it together, make a decision, um, and you know get the degree the right way. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Um, I think that's going to have to be that I'm an extrovert. I love people, so liking people helps in that social media space. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? So unless you've known me since I was a kid, um, I have played the alto saxophone for many, many years, was in marching band in school, and got to play with the 36th Army Band when I was in high school. Last question of the randomness round. What's maybe one book that you've read that's made an impact on your life or business? Actually, I just read this book um, a couple weeks ago and it's already making an impact. I read the book Happy Work by Chris Remier. If you can recommend one social media tool or service to Hacker Nation, what would that be? My one tool? Oh man, I use so many. But... Uh, my favorite is Sprout Social. I absolutely adore Sprout Social for scheduling posts, for interacting with my community, for reporting to see how things are going. It's so slick and so easy to use. Steph, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been incredible. Thank you, Steph, for your time and really sharing these incredible success strategies and hacks with Hacker Nation where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Well, you can definitely go to my website. It's stephnissen.com, nice and easy. Or just come hang out with me on Twitter. That is my social media platform of choice. So twitter.com uh, slash Steph, S-T-E-P-H, Nissen, N-I-S-S-E-N, and then an underscore. Because every version of Steph or Stephanie Nissen was taken. <laughs> so Steph Nissen underscore. <laughs> Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Steph, along with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. And when you're on the site, don't forget to subscribe to the show. When you do that, you're going to get all kinds of new updates on new shows and all kinds of cool stuff. Also, also, lastly, I love Hacker Nation community. I love you guys so much that this is how I want to give back to you. When you subscribe to the show on iTunes, so you have to go on iTunes and write a review for the show. 
When you do that, I want you to do a screen grab of that review and then email it to me. My email address is, write this down, scott at scotthproductions.com, scott at scotthproductions.com. When you do that, when you subscribe and you then write a review, and you grab that screen grab and then email it to me, I will then see that in my email inbox, and then I will give you a plug and a shout out for yourself and your business on the very next show. Remember, if you want to stay connected to the show, really, really simple. All you have to do is take out your smartphone and type in success hackers. Again, one word, success hackers to this number, 44222. When you do that, we will be staying connected and we're going to be sending out all kinds of cool interview updates, success strategies, and moving forward, we will also be periodically choosing future guests right from our Hacker Nation community. So if you want to stay connected, again, success hackers, one word to this number, 44222. And like Steph, I'm also on Twitter a lot. My Twitter handle is Scott Hansen, S-C-O-T-T-H-A-N-S-E-N, Scott Hansen 1210. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.